Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Well, stand with me. Hold your Bibles up high. Come on. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to welcome all of you watching online, joining us today. Uh, we believe it's going to be an awesome day. And... Uh, We've been doing a series entitled Overcoming Offenses. Now, some of you are offended that I'm talking about being offended. Well, how is he talking to me? You know how many times I've had people question whether or not I was speaking directly to their situation or to them. It's really kind of funny. Uh, I've told this a few weeks back when I started that I kind of quit. I, I, when I first started pastoring, I, I would have meetings with people regularly. You know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing, so I was trying to figure it out. And what I figured out was if I had a meeting with somebody on a Wednesday or Thursday and preached anywhere near our conversation on Sunday, I was talking about them. And they were offended. So I decided it would probably be best for me not to have those meetings for, for out of concern that people would think that I was talking about a meeting that we had in confidence. And uh, that's not at all what I do, and it's not at all what I would ever do. But uh, so today, I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. And we're going to talk about the things that cause us to leak out the presence of God and the power of God, the purpose of God, all of these things that we possess inside us. The Bible says that above all things we're to guard our heart, for out of our heart flow the issues of life. So whatever is on the inside of you is going to come out of you. Whether you try or not, you can stop it for a period of time, but you probably can't stop it for all time. And so your, your life, your soul, it would be like having a valve stem. And whenever you take the valve cover off and you press it, you start leaking air out of the tire. In Oklahoma, if the weather changes drastically as it does regularly, over time there will even be a leak, just an ever so minor leak in your tires. I don't know if you've noticed that, but you have to go put air back in them because they're leaking. Your soul, believe it or not, can leak when you get mad, when you get angry, when you get bitter, when you're unforgiving. All of those things, believe it or not, will begin to drain the presence of God out of your life, the Holy Spirit out of your life, because you're giving uh, time and attention to something that's not filling you, but it's deflating you. A deflated faith comes when you get around people who don't believe, and they're going to let you know they don't believe. And so without realizing it, you probably need to carry a spiritual can of fix-a-flat around. 
because you just constantly, you got holes in your tire, you got screws and nails, and just it, not just the valve stem, but you get something in there, you can have a slow leak. The devil loves slow leaks. He'll take a blowout, but he loves slow leaks because it's deception. And that's all the authority that Satan has is the power of deceiving. He's a liar. And so he'll tell you things, and if you begin to believe them, you begin to give up a, sort, a certain amount of the pressure, the power that you have in your life to sustain your life. And so, you know, there are people around you, and this is what I call religious people. They look inflated, but they're flat. Like I could deflate, and if you understand, a friend of mine owns a tire and wheel dealership. So I asked him, and he said, you could deflate that tire and until you put pressure on it or weight on it, you wouldn't even know that it didn't have air in it. There are a lot of Christians, until they get something that comes against them, you really don't know what you got in you until something comes after you. And that's when you find out who you really are. It's easy to love people who love you. It's easy to worship in the good times. It's easy to come to church when everything's going good. You got plenty of sleep throughout the week. It's easy. But when there's a crisis and something happens, and I'm going to speak to some of the people watching online, you've got out of a habit of coming to church. Your life is leaking. You think your home getting filled up and watching online does help a little bit, but it doesn't help near as much as being in the house. And all of a sudden, you just begin to leak. I, I no longer have a passion to be with other Christians. I no longer have a passion to be in the house of God. I no longer have a passion to serve. I no longer have a passion to pray. I no longer have a passion to read my Bible. And before long, you, you have no strength. You're still a tire. You still look like a tire. You still look like a Christian. But the reality is, and you're probably still going to heaven. This is not about getting to heaven, folks. Heaven is an easy place to get to. Jesus paid the price for that. You didn't have to offer up a penny. That's easy. But what I'm talking about today is getting heaven into your life. Getting the power and presence of God in your soul. And if we're not careful, that will leak out. And before you know it, we wake up and we look in the mirror and we look right. We have the right pictures on the walls, the right Bibles on the, the coffee table. And yet, we're missing something because it's outside, not inside. Here's one story that pretty well describes this in Luke chapter 10. Verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. She was at the air pump. Mary said, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. Have you ever been to a gas station when that, that motor comes on and you start hearing it produce air? And then you put it on the valve stem and, and all of a sudden you start seeing things rise? This is Mary. She said, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. But Martha was distracted. And you could use the word offended here. Literally. Because listen to what she says. By all the preparation she, that had to be made... She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work for myself? Tell her to help me. That's an offended line. You're talking to Jesus, and Jesus, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed, 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Martha was leaking all over the place. She, a matter of fact, you could hear it. This week, when your husband getting all of it, this is your new response. What are you talking about? You're leaking. You're not going to have enough air to get home from work tonight. That's what it is. People running around on flats. They're going to get down to their rim and they'll keep on driving because they don't want to do anything to straighten it out. It's offended. You didn't say hi to me on Sunday. You didn't call me and ask me to go play golf. You didn't ask me to come over and eat. You didn't ask me. You didn't ask me. You say, well, that's not, that's just, no, no, you're offended. You need to be thanking God somebody didn't ask you because if you'd have been supposed to be there, you would have been there. If you were supposed to be asked, you would have been asked. If you're not being asked, maybe it's a good time to look in the mirror and ask yourself why because it's not about them. It may be about you because you're critical, you're bitter, you're negative, and nobody wants to be around you. I know that came out a little sharp. Maybe I'll smooth it out by 11, but I doubt it. After all, the best pastors in the world, if you're going to preach on offense, try to offend somebody. I'm just helping build you up right now. I'm, I'm, I'm creating a resistance. I refuse to be offended. I know he's talking about me. That's good. Good for you. If you know I'm talking about you, do something about it. See there, this is getting rough, isn't it? I'm, coming, I'm finishing with a bang. Because this is what happens. And as I've said many times, it's not what people say about you or to you. It's what you answer to. You can choose not to be offended. And every time you get offended, you lose air in your soul. You lose peace in your soul. You lose joy in your soul. When you get offended, your life will be miserable. Oh, you'll still go to heaven. I'm not sure how God's going to deal with it. It probably showers off to the right and clean off. Wash the residue of all that mess off. When I said last week I hated Father's Day, the reason I hate it is there are all these expectations that come with Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas. In all these holidays, there are expectations. On Father's Day, you expect to get a call. You don't. Your kid doesn't call. You're offended. Mom's kid doesn't call. You're offended. Didn't get what you wanted for Christmas. You're offended. All of these holidays are great tests for us to see who we really are. Let me just give you a list of a few. Trying to be someone else or someone you're not. These are the pressures that people will put on you and that if you're not careful, you'll begin to leak out because you're trying to impress someone. You're trying to be what someone wants you to be. Say what someone wants you to say. You're not yourself. You'll live a life of offense and you will offend yourself and you'll blame it on someone else because you're trying to get somebody else's approval. And when you don't, you're offended. And the reality is you shouldn't care whether somebody approves of you or not. You have the approval of Almighty God. Yeah. 
Psalm 119, 165 for the third week in a row, and I'll say it probably two or three times. Great peace. Have those who love the law of God. Nothing shall offend them. I'm going to be working. This is my last Sunday to work on all of you who are critical of my Red Bull Sunday habit. You're going to die, Pastor. I know. So are you. See, we're, we're so worried about what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is thinking, that we, we, have our no, we don't even have our own identity. It takes a lot to get over this. It really does, and it's not a one-time deal. It's an everyday deal. That if you wake up tomorrow morning, I just want you to go, I want you to remember this message. From now on, if you really love someone and they start doing something, they're finished. Gossip. What's happening? You're leaking out. Ephesians 5, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. In other words, stay in your right mind. Because this could sound like to religious people that Jesus, Jesus turned water into wine, by the way. But how many of you know you can abuse fried chicken, cotton candy? You can abuse a lot of things. And yet we go around and judge people according to the strengths that we have instead of our own weaknesses. Don't judge other people because they sin differently than you. I'm offended that they said that. Why? As a pastor, I used to play golf all the time, and I'd get paired up with people. And I'd never tell them what I'd do until about the 18th hole because they'd cuss the first 17. Well, well, by the way, it was great meeting you. What do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. I'm so sorry. I'd look at him and say, you're not a problem for me. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I don't care. See, I don't get offended by that. Some people get offended by what people say. I'm thinking, why get offended? It's their problem, not mine. If they got a problem with their vocabulary and they don't have many words and they have to use, <laughs> not my problem. You don't offend me. And you know what? Religious people will tell you you should be offended. Well, I'm not religious, so I shouldn't be offended. Do you get where I'm going with this? I hope you do because this, this won't... I'll do this series probably again every year now because it just needs to happen. There are certain topics that need to be preached on every year because people deal with these issues on a regular basis. You're offended what somebody wears, what somebody says, what somebody eats, somebody drinks. You're all offended. Don't be offended. You're not going to stand before God for your children for your neighbors, for your friends. You're not going to stand before God. They are. So you know what? You don't have to worry about them. Now, you need to love them, and, and, and you can share Jesus with them, but don't worry about it. The Bible tells us not to worry. And worry is one of the greatest leaks that we have. I'm, I'm worried what's going to happen in the economy. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about it. You might want to buy stock and fix a flat. Because you're always leaking. When people start gossiping, they're leaking. Gossip is sin, sin, sin. My mama used to always say, if you can't have something good to say about somebody, don't say anything at all. You know, if somebody's mean, say, boy, they sure do mean well. It's a compliment. If you're trying to be mean, I give you a hundred. 
A plus, you are extremely successful. I just want to applaud you in your meanness. Just try to be nice. Try to be nice. There's just really no sense in being mean. That doesn't mean you don't have boundaries, so I'll probably have to come behind this series with boundaries. Just to try to, this is setting the table for what do I do if people try to be offensive and they keep on gossiping. Boundaries. I don't hang around with negative people. I mean, I might be around them sometimes, but I, I'm not going to have best friends who, first time I get with them, they're going to tell me, hey, do you know what so-and-so did? No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't need to know. But how many of you know some people, they, they are, they're just a zit ready to pop. You won't forget that. <laughs> That's just a little Mark Crowism right there. I'm sorry, but I had to give you a visual image of how gross this really is. Being offended is gross. It's horrible. It's every bad thing because it prevents us from enjoying God. Martha was so absolutely upset with her sister that her sister wasn't just like her. Come on, let's get it done. I, Jesus, you've got to tell her to get up off her knees and quit sitting at your feet. You got Those are offended people. It's a way you can tell somebody. They're trying to control your life, and they can't even control their own life. But they want to control your life because they know their life's out of control. So if they can make you their object, they'll do it. I don't let people do that. There are people who try to manipulate me into meeting with them. Well, I'm like, you know, I'm going to do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. I'm not chasing anymore. I, I just am not going to do that. People used to call want to meet with me, and I'd tell my assistant, ask them what they want. Well, I just got to tell him, and they'd tell him. He ain't meeting with you unless he knows what it's about. I learned how to avoid getting trapped by people who just wanted to come and throw up on me. Some of y'all just need to buy bibs because that's all anybody ever does. Blech. Not going to ruin my shirt. Got a, I, I got an offensive bib on. Criticism, both speaking and listening. If you are critical or you listen to criticism, you will leak out in your life. If somebody comes up to you, you'll know, freak them out. Next time, hey, you want to know? You can look and go, no, I don't. You, you'll watch their countenance drop because they were excited about telling you some gossip. Don't be one. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, not the temple of trash. I tell you, I feel dirty when somebody just continues to berate someone else or talk poorly even if it's true how many of you know there are people who are not dumb but they act dumb and they've done it their whole life and somebody wants to tell you how dumb they are you don't need to know what their opinion is you've been around them too you decided not to talk about it unforgiveness being controlling, being in the wrong place, you'll leak out. Ask yourself when you go somewhere, is this filling my life or is my life leaking being here? Do I feel filled when I leave or do I feel empty when I leave? I've been to places before where I went, I, I think I need to just 
lay my face on the middle of the Bible for a minute and absorb the Word. You know how many people really... The reason I post every day, all I put is the Bible. I don't know if you've noticed that, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I don't give any... And I'm not against cute quotes, but they're just cute. But the Word of God is a steak. Anybody's cuteness is, is merely a dessert. But the Word of God is true substance that will save your life forever. So I tell people that, you know, I decided some time ago, I was looking back at my Instagram page, and I just went, to me, this is, this is my life. The Bible, the Word of God is all I have, and it's all I need to sustain me and keep me filled. If you have the Word in you and somebody responds to you in a really tacky way, the Bible says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and curse not. That, that Bible verse can save you from being offended. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Somebody wants you to go a mile, go two. Somebody wants your shirt, give them your coat. You can disarm all of the offensive ways of people by simply honoring the Word of God. One of the greatest leaks of all is not doing what the Bible says. The Bible says to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it's sin. Not to somebody else, but to us. So if I know what I ought to do, but I don't do it, it doesn't mean I, I'm not going to heaven because there's, there's re, uh, original sin, something we're all born with, and there's behavioral sin. I'm forgiven as a human being, but I still sin. And so do you. And that offended some of you because you don't think you do. Some people really don't think they sin. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, you've been around them. You've never heard them say, please forgive me, I apologize, I'm sorry, because the indication is I'm never wrong. You get around somebody like that, you're in trouble. If people cannot admit their own wrong, their own mistakes, you're in trouble because they're arrogant and controlling people. It was just another, that was a great, another offensive line. Because if that landed on you in a stingy way, you're probably one of those people. But You see, we don't have people address this honestly anymore. Truth is uh, lost. Everything's about political correctness. What do you want me to say? How do you want to, what do you want to hear? How do you want to hear it? That's the first question we ask in our mind before we ever open our mouths instead of telling the truth. The truth always hurts before it heals. But I want to know the truth. I don't always like the truth, but I want to know the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Lies, political correctness, dishonesty, deception, they'll keep you imprisoned. But truth will free you. It's what I call sideways energy when you give your time and your energy to something that is not productive and not eternal. You'll leak your life out. Many people try to rescue their kids into their 40s. You can't do that, nor can I. If your kids don't like you, love them and be nice anyway. Now, mothers, I know that's harder for you than dads, but at least that's what I've been told. But I just decided in my life, I can't control how somebody responds to me how I want them to respond to me. And oftentimes we live offended because 
somebody didn't appreciate what we did for them? And did you do it to be appreciated or did you do it because God wanted you to? See, if I give you something, it'd be, it'd be wisdom on your part to be grateful. But I'm not going to lose any sleep over your lack of gratitude. You see, we're offended when people don't respond to us the way we think they should. I'm going to do whatever God says, whether somebody responds to me rightly or not. I'll never forget some of the many failures of the past that people say, I gave money to that ministry. I can't believe what the... I'm like, who cares? If God told you to give it, that's all you do. You're not responsible for the other side of that. You're just responsible to obey God, not to control the gift. Or the, your only response is to control the giver, but not the gift. I'm the giver. So if I give, I, that's it. You see what I'm saying? Many people are offended. Oh, and you don't even realize it's called offense. You think you're being right and righteous when in reality you're being offended. I can't control anybody. I can't control anything. I can't even control this church. If God wanted to empty this thing tomorrow, don't you think he has the power to? I think he does. And if he wanted to, thank God he did. He saw something I didn't see. You know what I'm saying? And you say, well, that's just crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's called freedom. God builds it or he doesn't build it. It's up to him. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will, thy will. Now, I want to help as many people as I can before I die. And I may outlive everybody just because God may want me to irritate the people who thought I would die first. There won't be any joy in it because they will be dead and I won't be able to say, nee, 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 nee. You know, live life to the full. Live life joyful. Trust God. Judgmental people, one way to tell, you can always tell people are judgmental. They're offended at something. Maybe not you, but that offense is coming out towards you. Angry people are offended people, or you wouldn't be angry. You say, well, that's not true. You're offended that I would say that. It is true. Because I lived a lot of my life off and on that way, and I realized I was thinking about something that God wasn't even asking me to think about. And I was mad, and I thought I had a right to be mad. I have a right to be mad because you treated me wrong. Jesus wasn't mad on the cross. He didn't say, and Christ was so angry. No, he wasn't angry at all. He said, this is the way I'm, this is, this is what I was sent here for. You don't know if somebody's being mean to you or crucifying you emotionally, mentally, or whatever. Hey, God's up to something. I'm going to grow through this. I'm going to grow. Turn every situation into a growth situation. You won't raise your voice. You won't get mad. Why? Because you're not offended. I mean, if you want to wear your hair in a mohawk, some of you don't even know what that is. If I had enough, I would have cut a mohawk today just to see if I could offend you. Every now and then, maybe God will use you to be offensive just to help somebody. And if somebody... Just kidding. (laughs) Key. We let our lusts have their way. That releases air intended for self-control. When we are anxious, it releases the air intended for God's peace. When we release hate, 
it releases the air intended for God's love. When we're hateful, it just And I know that some of you all want to get back at somebody. But you know what takes two people to argue? Otherwise, it's just one individual's rant. So if you choose not to respond, men, this is brilliant advice for you. Sometimes you just need to shut up. Now, I know that all you women are going to go home and say, Pastor said you just need to shut up. And you probably do. A fight just broke out in the kitchen, didn't it? When we boast, it releases air intended for God's meekness. We say we're letting off steam. That's air intended for God's gentleness. We're called to speak those things that are not as though they were. Speak of future events with as much certainty as though they've already passed. This is my great effort in life is to speak to people the way they want to be and the way God wants them to be instead of the way they are. If your spouse does something mean to you, say, you know what, you're the most wonderful person I've ever seen. And they will be extremely confused. But when you say what you would like to see, that goes into the soul, whether they realize it or not. It may take time. But rather than telling them how stupid that was or how dumb they are, oh, I just know you're so much smarter, and you're certainly smarter than that. Never, ever tell your wife that those clothes make her look fat. Say, honey, you look so good. That's a hard pill to swallow. Some of you still got it in your mouth. You know what? You're not called to fix all that. We're called to love. We're called to love. But, but, but I know what you're thinking, and, and especially A-types right now, you're going crazy. A-type people right now are shaking on the inside. Because we, we pride ourselves in being principled and factual and straight up. And sometimes those are a curse. Because sometimes people don't need to hear our opinion. As a matter of fact, I don't give my opinion at all unless somebody asks me anymore. About 90% of the time. There's 10%. I'll just fly off every now and then. But most of the time, because Susan will ask me, I said, well, they didn't ask me what I thought about it. So I'm not going to tell them. But what if? I'm not going to say anything. You know how hard that is for somebody like me? I got something to say about it. I was born with the gift of sarcasm. And I've had to restrict the gift or the curse and be polite. So what do I do? Joshua 1.8 says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Dream the dream and repeat it. Think about this. If you, are, if you are thinking about the purposes of God, it will be very difficult for the offenses of man to penetrate your soul. See the vision and write it down. 
Tell your story over and over and over again. If somebody says, you're such a bad person, you, said, you say to them, you should have seen who I was 10 years ago. I'm so much better now. And it's just over and over. That's what I did. That's not who I am. I'm not that person anymore, and I don't do those things anymore. There will be people that want to, will want to keep you in, their, in your past because they live in their past. I get to choose what conversations I have with you or anybody else. You get to choose what conversations you have with other people. If you don't want to talk about something, you simply say, I'd rather not talk about that. But, 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 but no, I don't want to talk about it. Because the idea is to drag you, they're offended, drag you in to your past. You have to be very careful because offended people offend people. Hurting people hurt people. And, and the problem with this is, is that we, we think we're trying to help them when in reality we're not helping them. We're allowing them and we're feeding their offenses. Look for miracles and keep believing for miracles. These are just things that, that you say, well, I know, I know, I know. It's not about just knowing. It's, it's about possessing and operating by what we know. Knowledge puffs up. So it's not just getting knowledge for the sake of knowledge. It's getting knowledge for the sake of application. Somebody said it like this. Knowledge is knowing. Wisdom is knowing when and what to do with the knowledge that you have. So wisdom is the activation of the knowledge you have. If you don't plan on using wisdom, then knowledge will puff you up. But if you say, I want to get knowledge for the sake of knowing when and what to say. Wisdom will then be utilized, utilizing the knowledge that you possess. So it's not enough to just go to church and hear the Word. We must hear the Word and practice the Word. Every morning, if you'll get up and you'll go to Instagram or Facebook, there'll be a Scripture there. And just think about that. What I do every day is think about that one verse that I put on social media. Because I can almost assure you that whatever I put on there, you're going to have an opportunity to apply that day. And you know, I know we're all busy, but everybody's on their phones. I don't know if you've noticed, everywhere you go, it's everybody. We're all there. So if you're on your phone, why not look at that verse and just every, however so often, just keep looking at that verse. I look at it all day long because I want to remember today, this is what I'm living. This is what I'm applying today. And as you do that, you won't even realize when someone tries to offend you. I've walked away from conversations, and six hours later, I realized their goal was to offend me. I was their target. It made me happy, and it made me angry. Because I thought, man, if I'd have known they were trying to offend me, I had a comeback. And God's like, oh, my goodness. And he protected me from me. Because I didn't even catch it. I mean, I can remember one particular situation. I'll never forget it. I went, wow, he just threw me under the bus, put it in reverse drive, reverse drive, reverse drive. I didn't even know I was being run over. And I'm usually pretty clever. But for some reason, God protected me, and he didn't even let me know until I left town. Keep the faith, 
active, seeking God to believe beyond understanding and possibility into the arena of impossibility. The greatest defense is a great offense. And if you start loving people and talking about how much you love them, it's amazing. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you're constantly thinking about being offended or what somebody said or somebody's approval, you will live your life incarcerated by what somebody else says about you or thinks about you. And I don't say this arrogantly, but I've been to hell, but I didn't build a campfire and I didn't put up a tent. I just decided, you know what, if you're going through hell, don't stop. And learn from the experience. And I'm pretty sure all of us have been there. Some of you won't admit it, but we've all been there. In a moment, in a a season, in a time, whether it's a kid losing a child, losing a marriage, losing a job, losing a business, whatever it might be. When I say we've been to hell, those are things that the devil uses or attempts to use to rob us of our joy, our destiny, our peace, our joy. Anything that God might have. You lose a job? I tell you, believe God. Believe God. I tell you, I, I, in, right here in our church, right back over here, Paul was without a job for the longest time in a specific field. I never watched him get upset one time. Not one time in almost a year without a job. And he landed probably the best job he's ever had. But he never gave in to bitterness, unforgiveness. I can't believe I got fired. I can't believe I laid Not fired. Downsized, got laid off. And you, because the oil industry, you know, plummeted. And, you know, a lot of people would have said, I can't believe God let this happen. I can't believe I didn't get that job. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. He just waited. He just waited patiently on the Lord. Not offended. Not bitter toward the company. He wasn't leaking out, spewing out, talking about how he was mistreated or how, how the economy went bad and how the presidents or whatever, who's ever in office, we blame. we got to find some Offended people always look for someone else to blame. Instead of saying, God, I don't know why you let this happen, but i got to believe there's something better in my future. I got to believe that you're going to do something that I never dreamed of and maybe you couldn't get my attention You have my attention right now. I know something good is going to happen to me. I believe something good is going to happen to you. But don't be offended. If somebody said something about you, somebody, company let you go, somebody walked out of your life, your kids aren't calling you, don't be offended. Text them and say, you're the greatest thing that ever happened to me next to Jesus. Oh, it'll make them so mad they'll eventually pop and love you. You can't resist love for a lifetime because love never fails. So just keep on loving. Don't be offended. God's got you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your patience with us. God, there, you, you exercise so much patience with us. I can't even imagine what, what your day might look like. But I know this. You are love. You don't just love. And I thank you, Father, for believing in us more than we believe in ourselves God I pray for all those watching online those here in the house that they would not be offended 
And Lord, that we would live a life of great peace because we love your law. Nothing shall offend us. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. When people are mean to us, we're going to bless them. People are unkind. We're going to bless them. People criticize us. We're going to speak well of them. Oh, I think they're awesome. Oh, God, help us to live a life free from needing approval of others, opinions of others, criticism of others, from others. God, help us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, what I've preached today is literally not possible without God. It's just not possible. And even with God, it's a battle. Not because he's not trustworthy, but because we have to exercise trust in him that he's got us covered. I want us all to pray this prayer with those who are receiving Christ for the first time or coming back to a relationship with him. So let's all pray this. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today I'm forgiven. I'm a child of yours. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do something right now. Take your phone out. Text the word SAVE to 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.